Voice of Fintech. Welcome to Voice of Fintech, a podcast mapping out Swiss and European fintech scene, connecting fintech enthusiasts with startups, incubators, accelerators, business angels and VCs, and incumbents interested in partnerships. Voice of Fintech will help you navigate the fintech ecosystem. Here you can listen to the startup founder stories, what investors and incumbents are looking for when dealing with startups, and find out more about resources provided by incubators and accelerators. My name is Rudy Fallad, and I'll be hosting this podcast. Hello and welcome to Voice of Fintech. Today we're joined by Greg Palmer, who is the VP of Finnovate. And we're going to talk about Finnovate conferences around the globe. Also, in particular, the Berlin edition and some of the key takeaways from, from that conference and what's coming up next for the rest of the year. So welcome, Greg. Thank you, Rudy. Pleasure to be here. Can you tell us a little bit about Finnovate? I know a lot of the industry practitioners have been to your conferences many times, but there may be some people who haven't heard about it or didn't have a chance to join. So what is your concept and what is, what is your objective with, uh, with the conferences like Finnovate around the globe? Well, Finnovate exists for a very simple reason, and that's to introduce people to new innovations in financial and banking technology. And there's one thing that makes our shows unique, and it's our seven-minute live demos. This is something which we have always had involved at our shows, and it's still a mainstay of what makes Finnovate unique. But basically, the concept is new and innovative companies have just seven minutes on stage to do a live demo of their latest innovations. No slides allowed, no canned video allowed. We want to see the actual technology up there on display. And we have added other pieces as well over the years. We've got analyst insights and keynotes and and panels and things like that. But those live demos are really what makes Finnovate so much fun. And you get to see a huge amount of innovations in a very short amount of time. And the good news is you can tell right away whether they work or not. Right. And uh, so what about the reach? I mean, are you, you know, you're obviously based in the US, but uh, how do you deal with uh, all the time zones and uh, the regions around the globe? What's what's your approach to that? So obviously, fintech innovation exists all over the world, and it has a lot of different flavors all over the world. And we try and capture that as much as we can. So we have two shows in the United States, in San Francisco and New York. We also run shows in Europe and Asia. And in fact, our Asian show this year and our European show is only obviously just wrapped up in Berlin. But by going to those two geographies, we really try to see how innovation changes, how fintech innovation changes region to region, and what each region can learn from the others. Because every region excels at certain things, and we are all behind at certain things. And so it's good to be able to get that different perspective in there and see the variety of types of innovations and solutions that are coming out of different parts of the world. So this edition of Finnovate Europe in Berlin was the first time that it took place in Berlin, right? I mean, before you were in London. So what was the rationale behind the move? Well, there's a couple of different reasons why we decided to move to Berlin. And partly it comes down to just trouble finding a suitable venue for us in London. It's actually a difficult town to run conferences of our size because we're sort of in this middle ground where we're not big enough for the major venues, but we're too big for most of the hotels. So uh, we broadened our search into other cities in Europe and we started to look at Berlin and its proximity to all these amazing things that are happening in Eastern Europe. And it really just looked more and more attractive for us. Um, Obviously, Brexit has played a role in kind of giving us a 
little bit of a nudge, although we didn't see too many challenges coming up from that in the short term. There is sort of this long-term unknown for what that will do to uh, conferences in, in the space. But really, we looked at it from the standpoint of trying to find a venue that we were really happy with, trying to find a central location that would bring in people from all across Europe. And I think we were successful with that, with our first show in Berlin. Um, obviously, it's a uh, a little bit different. It's outside of our comfort zone, but I think that's a good thing. And I think we're able to have right. a really good on-site experience. And what were the key takeaways from uh, from this edition in terms of what the people discussed and what was the mood or temperature in terms of fintech innovation this time around? Well, I think if you want to look at what was the kind of hot topic, if you look at the best of show winners, the companies who uh, the audience selected as being the, the most innovative companies on display... What's really interesting about them is that virtually all of them are kind of customer-centric solutions that are designed for financial institutions. So when you look at what financial institutions are really looking at, what they really are passionate about right now, it's clear that getting a really excellent customer experience is top of their mind, whether that's through personalization, you know, using the data that we've got on customers to um, really anticipate their needs or whether it's trying to provide seamless customer service for people who are having difficulties like we saw with Glia or Dorsum who has kind of real-time conversational hubs. Um, there's a lot of different ways that we can approach this, but this focus on the customer is something that's a little bit different this year from previous years. And it's something that I think is really good for the industry. I think that if you look at fintech over the last couple of years, perhaps it hasn't been as customer focused as it should have been. And it's great to see a lot of innovators who are really looking at that space and a lot of uh, banks and other financial institutions responding and saying, yes, we're really interested in this type of technology. All right, understood. And what are the plans ahead of you for the rest of the year? I mean, you mentioned Asia, but also San Francisco. Are they different in terms of focus or or, or not? And each show is a little bit different because of the region that it's in. So, you know, being the West Coast show in the United States, obviously proximity to Silicon Valley and San Francisco, two of the you know, biggest innovation hubs in the United States. You get to see a lot of really cool technology there. You get to hear from some influential venture capitalists and things like that at that event. And you also, we, we tend to see more kind of smaller community banks, credit unions, and things like that at our West Coast show as well. It's a little more accessible to, to those communities. Um, when you talk about going to someplace like Singapore, um, it's a very different world. The way that they look at financial technology solutions in Asia is, um, in many cases, far advanced of anything that we're seeing in the United States or even in Europe. And it's cool to be able to go down there and learn from some of those best practices. Um, at the same time, they struggle with a lot of things that we kind of take for granted in um, you know, Europe or, or North America. And so it's a, it's a slightly different feel for that show. And one of the interesting things about that one is we actually won't have as many product demos there. We're going to focus more on kind of the early stage startup booster type of companies. We'll have some startup pitches and things. But what we found is that in our Asian shows, the demos are actually not as popular. So we're going to try out a different format this year with that Asian show and move into some different types of content. And then, of course, 
uh, New York show is kind of our flagship. That's our largest event of the year. And that's also where we'll have our Finnovate Awards, which are recognizing people outside of the fintech innovator space, bankers, uh, executives, partners, things like that, who are really helpful in bringing new fintech innovations to the market. And this is the second year now that we've that we're going to do the awards. And we're really excited about it. We'll start to take nominations for the various category winners here in about a month. And we'll run the awards themselves on that middle night of Finnovate Fall, September 15th. And of course, since we spoke after Finnovate Berlin in February, a lot of the conferences have been impacted by the COVID-19 crisis. So how is that impacting you? Well, Rudy, since Finnovate Europe, quite a few things have been happening. With all the uncertainty around coronavirus, we've decided that we're going to move our spring San Francisco event to November so people don't have to worry about traveling or booking airfare or hotels or things like that. The new dates will be November 23rd and 24th, and it will still be in San Francisco at the Hilton San Francisco Union Square. You can find up-to-date information on that at finnovatespring.com. Thank you. So, Greg, my last question is, where do people find you? People find us on Finnovate.com, where you can see all the information on upcoming shows. You can also see every video of every demo that's ever been done on our stage at Finnovate.com slash videos. So if you're interested in seeing any of the videos from Finnovate Europe or any of the other shows from the past year, uh, you can find them there. It's worth going in and taking a look and seeing what you might have missed or if there's any demos that you'd like to watch again. All right. Well, thank you very much, Greg. My pleasure. Hello, and now we're joined by Miles, who's the CEO of Modular, which is a UK-based fintech startup. And we're going to talk about business payments, the plans of Modular for this year, also some of the new trends in in the fintech world and cooperation with the incumbents and the Copernican leap in banking and uh, some of the UK-specific um, trends in terms of payments infrastructure. And, uh, you know, so I would just hand it over to, to Miles. And first of all, can you explain a little bit what is Modular? Yes, certainly. Uh, thank, thank you, Rudy, for inviting me onto the podcast. And it's great to, to uh, be here with you. The uh, description of Modular is where a digital alternative to commercial, corporate and wholesale transaction banking so we're providing a full alternative to um, our clients and, and the alternative to going to uh, their, their bank for their payment services, uh, bringing together our API-led uh, technology platform, our uh, regulatory permissions as an electronic money institution, and our access to the payment schemes or payment networks and packaging that together uh, as a digital alternative uh, to transaction banking. And how does that fit into the existing infrastructure that is out there, uh, you know, that the banks have built and, and they lift off for the last few decades? Some people talk about the upcoming Copernican leap in banking. What are your views on that? Yeah, so we've had the, um, the benefit and the advantage of being able to build a new platform, both, both the platform that enables our clients to connect through APIs and consume our services through APIs, but, but also being able to build uh, a, a new system and at the heart of that that enables us to uh, issue, manage, uh, reconcile the accounts and attach the payment services and integrate the payment services in, into those accounts so that we can build a, a, a very flexible alternative structure, as well as being able to consume 
APIs or, or other integrations from providers to link into the into the payment networks. So, so we've had the ability to look at that from a fresh perspective and therefore uh, create a, a more flexible, innovative um, um, service. Um, and what that has allowed us to do, uh, and what we're focused on, is is payments, not the the broader services and capabilities of of, of a bank. And 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 therefore this this sort of historic view that um, that there's this sort of geocentric model of banking, and and everything has to be built around a complete suite of banking products of mm-hmm. core banking, lending, payments, wealth management. The we, we're Big subscribers and supporters of the view that that is being broken apart, and it is possible to to build the distinct components of what was the complete suite. And for us, focusing on payments and being able to deliver payments um, as a service to 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 our clients is uh, fundamental to to what we're doing. And, and therefore, big believers that that can be delivered as a standalone service, whilst people consume the other components of what was the historic legacy way of consuming the banking services from from other providers okay and would you have to connect in the uk directly to the bank of england bypassing the existing payment infrastructure and commercial banks how would that work and how do you see that developing going forward yes yeah, so what one of the big opportunities uh this has come about is the regulatory change both in the UK and, and Europe and, and one of the reasons that we can exist from a regulatory permissions point of view having a, an electronic money license but also what that enables us to do with that that license in terms of issuing accounts and um, and participating in the payments um, schemes and networks that historically uh, and, and still in, in, in a lot of countries and, and geographies uh, the access to the the payment systems was restricted or reserved to to those with a with a banking license. In in one of the big changes in the UK has been that the the regulators, the the government, and the and the central bank, the Bank of England, uh, have now allowed access to non banks to the the payments systems, and in, including access to the settlement systems so, so that we can hold accounts at the Bank of England and um, participate in uh, what's referred to as the RTGS, the real-time growth settlement system, so, so that we can operate within the faster payments, the BACS system, and, and therefore don't need to access those via a bank. We can participate directly ourselves. I wanted to hear about your growth plans for this year, including potential EU expansion and of course, no one knows exactly where the trade deal will will land between the UK and, and the EU. But what are your thoughts on that and how is that impacting you? Yes, yeah, certainly. So we've um, been growing our, our business significantly here in the UK and focused on particular uh, market verticals uh, such as lending, payroll, accounts payable, travel, um, and are continuing to grow into those sectors as well as identifying uh, further sectors to continue to grow our business in the UK. And that, that's a big part of um, this year and, and future years. In addition to that, uh, we see the opportunity to now expand into Europe. Uh, we have uh, what's referred to as passported our regulatory permissions here from the UK with the UK's Financial Conduct Authority out through Europe. We have assumed that that will come to an end as, as part of the UK's transition out of the EU. And therefore, we have established our, ourselves in Ireland and are currently going through the process of getting authorised with the Central Bank of Ireland as well. 
we're starting our European expansion and using our UK license. And, and then when we achieve the similar regulatory permissions in Ireland, we'll use Ireland as our base for our European expansion. And my last question for you would be, where do people find out more about Modular and how do they get in touch with you? And also, what kind of people or organizations would be the most relevant for you to help you on your journey further? Best place to find us is at modularfinance.com on our website. And in terms of the types of organizations we're looking to, to speak with is, is broadly businesses that are looking to either automate a B2B payments flow, so payables, receivables, payroll, or businesses that are looking to embed payments as part of their proposition, their platform, so that they can improve their customer experience or even build new payment products uh, on top of our infrastructure and, and our capability. Thank you, Miles, and good luck to Modular. Excellent. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Voice of Fintech podcast. If you haven't already, check out also voiceoffintech.com, where you will find all the episodes and additional resources related to the podcast. You can also subscribe to Voice of Fintech on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any other podcast app that you like. If you have any suggestions on the topics or guests, or how to make this podcast better for you, please email us at info at Happy to hear from you. Thank you.